I mean, when you look at people, especially nowadays, it's so many different people that's going homeless now at a young age, right? So my motto is, man, go hard or go homeless. It used to be hard to go home, but it's go hard or go yeah. homeless, you know? So I'm saying that to say is that, you know, um, you know, it's all, it's not just these alcoholics or, or dolphins that's outside. It's people that was actually that had great tech jobs, you know? If you look go to San Francisco, or you actually can go meet some some techies down downtown in those tents, bro. You know what I mean? You can go meet some some um, formerly successful people, you know. But again, it wasn't just the finances is why they went broke, you know. It wasn't because it was some other moves that they didn't make in there. So first of all, be successful in yourself, you know, um, as in spiritual success is what I meant. And I was going back to is be don't go don't go spiritually bankrupt, you know. Be spiritually successful. Welcome to the Millennials and Money Podcast, the podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to continue to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and wealth advisor, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. My guest this week is Kareem Hardhitter Mayfield. Say what's up, Kareem? What's happening in the end? Hey, Kareem, I'm going to give you a chance here to introduce yourself, tell them about what you do for a living and what and about your past as well. But first, let me tell you how you and I met. So for the listeners who have been listening to the show for a while now, you guys know that I, I used to box. I used to box the amateurs and professional. I met um, Kareem Hart here when I was 15 years old boxing the amateurs. I remember seeing this dude in the weigh-ins right before me. And this dude was, this dude was, this dude was like a pit bull, man. Like, right, this dude's like a straight pit bull built up. Like, man, that dude, that this dude can punch. They don't call him hard here for nothing. I remember, you don't put people to sleep in the amateurs. With, you got headgear on and 12 ounce gloves. No one's going to sleep. But Kareem was putting dudes to sleep in the amateurs. Right, right. So when I turned 17, Kareem was a little older than me. When he turned 17, you can fight grown men at that point. So I'm 17, and you hear about fighters not gaining weight because they don't want to jump up weight classes. Well, I was fighting 165 at the time, Kareem, you were 154. And I remember thinking like, man, I don't want to drop weight because I want to drop down to that weight class because I don't get knocked out. <laughs> hey, hey, man, you know, hey, looking at your skills and your height, man, I wasn't trying to run into you either, man. Let me add that, man. Let me, let me add that. Hey, well, then we're both doing each other a favor, avoiding one another. Right, right. <laughs> Right. All, right. all right, Kareem, tell them about yourself. Tell them about what to do for a living. Uh, tell them about what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. Well, my name is Kareem Hardhead of Mayfield. And uh, let's see, I'm a um, San Francisco native, um, professional boxer, uh, community activist, youth mentor, um, entrepreneur. Got a few businesses overall. And just uh, overall, pretty uh, stand-up guy, man. And I like to call myself a renaissance man. You know, I'm real versed at a lot of things, I'd say. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, you got to mention former world titleist because you did want to win. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, yeah, won a title and I defended it three times and um, got a little cool little minor title after that, like a WVU title a few uh, prominent people had. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, professional boxer champion. It's called out by Mayweather. It was ducked by Mayweather, yes, ducked by Mayweather. He chose a, he was a, he's a smart man, what can I say? He chose an easier fight. 
and and didn't choose me that particular time. But uh, again, uh, yeah, man. Um, hey, um, I'm stand up guy as I mentioned. No, I agree, man. Renaissance, man. I remember um, you've always been an entrepreneur, man. You were a little older than most of us back then, the amateurs. And I remember you used to custom design your own your own walk outfit outfits. Uh, I remember, yeah, yes. remember the suit. You had the suit top that was cold, man. Oh uh, yeah, heck yeah. That's funny you said that. That's funny. You know, actually, this is uh, some some of my custom stuff right here, man. You see the hard hitter right here. Okay. Some of that custom, man. Come on, man. I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put your information in the show link so that they can see your website, how to get in contact with you and get some of your clothing, man, because you got style, man. You always been a sharp dressing brother. My name my brother. Appreciate you. Okay, man. So this is about financial success, and this is a podcast about money and making money decisions. And, you know, I find a lot of times the people's mindset around money, uh, the, the, the overall mindset around money is sculpted from a young age. You know, those, they, of course, can always change throughout life. But that's where those cornerstones get placed, get put in place, man. So I know you grew up in the city. I, I think you grew up in Fillmore, Fillmore? Yeah, yep, yep, grew up right in Fillmore. You grew up right, right in Fillmore. Fillmore. You yes, got sir. You know, you got you got a family of entrepreneurs. I know Lorraine's doing his thing, your big bro. You have met your mom. She's an awesome woman, man. So talking about what money was like in your household growing up, especially because you grew up in the 80s and 90s. Crack, right. hit, crack hit the city hard. Talk about, just talk about your childhood financially and both the lifestyle was like then in the city. Uh, well, as you mentioned, you, uh, you know, crack and uh, just, and the world drugs has hit the city hard, you know, around that time. And, uh, you know, coming up, a, um, you know, I didn't come up with no silver spoon, in my, um, wasn't offered no silver spoon, no silver spoon in my mouth. I was, uh, you know, I came up just like all the other inner city youngsters, urban in the urban area and those type of, uh, you know, areas in those regions. And, uh, you know, like Tupac say, man, it's hard to be legit and still pay your rent, man. And, you know, um, we, uh, uh, and, you know, I take that as, you know, uh, my mom has always, uh, has always made things feel like they were more than what we actually had, you know? So as, as much as we were struggling, my mom made things just look, seem so sweet, so much sweeter, you know? And she's always had this ability and this creativity to make things, uh, you know, be, be uh, you know, bigger than what they actually are, you know. And, um, you know, and coming up, people on the outside looking in, people thought probably thought that we were, you know, living good, you know. But, I mean, we were struggling for sure. It's like everyone else. But as I mentioned, my mom has um, had a, um, a, 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 a touch of being able to make things look swell and, you know, our house was always, uh, we lived in the Jets, we lived in a, you know, we had Section 8, you know what I mean? And, um, but she made, she made everything always look good, you know? So, uh, to be honest, you know, um, I came up and it was, it was a struggle for sure, but, um, you know, I, I was never starving. You know, my mom has always made things uh, good for the most part. For okay, us. now that's awesome, man. You know, that, that's amazing what a black woman can do, man. You, right. give, her, you, you give her a little, she make it a lot. And like you said, you right. never realized you know, you, you don't realize that, man, I was living in the projects until you become an adult. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> bro. Exactly, bro. And, you know, like, as you mentioned, like, you don't realize it when you, especially when you're in that situation, you know. And um, uh, what is a, uh, J. Cole said something pretty powerful in the song. He said, um, he said, it was, he basically, um, I'm not going to quote him verbatim, but he says something like, you know, we didn't have it, we didn't, we didn't have it all good, but we had it way better than the guys that was down to live down the street, basically. Hey, like, like, I, I mean, what, 
you know, pigeons and cream, but it was better than the mother cats, you know, that I've seen coming up or didn't have a parent in their home or their parents was, you know, affected by the crack, um, you know, um, epidemic. But uh, nevertheless, man, you know, my mom, she, she still taught through it all and, uh, you know, uh, helped us out. And, you know, my father actually was in my life um, um, pretty tough. You know, uh, through the for the for the most part of my of my life, you know, we uh, I would only actually see him on the weekends, though. You know, and every other weekend he'll pick us up, me and Ron, and uh, we'll go hang out with him, kick it with him, and I, I've learned a lot, you know, for certainly from from uh, my dad. You know, just things that you know my mom, you know, maybe weren't turning on that my father would. You know, and that's super important. You know, my dad's been in my life too. And, you know, just like you say, not like the brothers down the street, you, you weren't like them. It, it makes a big difference for, especially African men in the community, grow, having that both both sides. You need that love from the mom, but you need that pressure from the dad to let you know, hey, listen, you're a man, son. Let me show you how to be a man. And, and it's not our cookies and cream for you, just based on your skin color. And yeah. and, and that's so important for the, the dad to be present in your life and, and you know, the, some of what you mentioned without your mom, like making you feel like you had more than what was there, making the most of a bad situation, making the little look like a lot. Right. How has that impacted you as an adult now, as you, as you're an adult and you're doing well for yourself? What, how has some of those things she's taught you impacted you today? Uh, good question. You know, I I feel like those things that she's taught me has uh, has impacted me today is because. Um, I mean, for one, it showed me um, that, you know, um, not to squander, you know, squander money, you know, because my mom, like, I would see some of the parents, you know, uh, when I was coming up, they'd be all in the Jordans and all, they'd be fly, you know, but then, you know, may hear a few weeks later, they needed money for, for rent, you know what I mean? Yeah. So just, you know, just those type of uh, experiences, you know, had, had taught me a lot. And, you know, show, she showed me that... Um, it don't take a lot to actually be a lot. It's actually in you and not on you. So that showed me a lot that it's in me, not on me. You know, I can actually go, I don't have to, you know, it just, it imputed a whole lot because like now to this day, I still, I'm still a nice, a, a good dresser, a great dresser, but I don't have to be in all the expensive designers to be bad, to be fresh, to be clean. You feel me? And I'm like, you know, it just showed me a lot that it's what's inside of you. It's your creativity that makes something nice. It's not, you make the clothes, the clothes don't make the man, the man make the clothes, you know? Yeah. So it just, you know, imputed a whole lot of me that, you know, it's um, it's from the inside of what, what, what actually makes makes a person, you know, and um, and happiness comes from the inside. You know, yeah. you can be searching all your life and uh, trying to acquire all you can materialistically and um, be spiritually, um, um, you know, broke, bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Now that that's wise, man. You know, I met your mother. You know, she's a excuse me, she's a woman of wisdom. You know, and and you've been blessed to have her in your life. And it's it's not it's not what's on you; it's what's in you. That's huge. You know, especially at a young age to, to kind of grasp that at such a young age from childhood makes right. a huge impact on the decision you make financially growing up, traveling to adulthood. Like, okay, it's not about this; it's about what value can I create with it because it's what's inside me. So your purchases and your Financial decisions are going to be different based based upon that that lens you're looking at that through. Certainly, that kind of sum it up, right? Yeah, certainly, certainly did as you mentioned, uh, because it's, it's the lens that you're looking out of, you know, and um, to each his own, for the most part. But uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot, in it, and it helped me to you know um, not squander my money in times that I probably would have. 
Okay, man. So we're going to touch on boxing for a little bit. You know, in the you always had a pro style. Even the amateurs, you had a pro style. You had that knockout style. You had that style that people pay to see, you know. So let's talk about that transition from going to the amateurs when you knew already to make that transition into the professional career. And now you start getting paid for your fights. Talk about what that was like getting that first real check for that for for your the hard work you put in literally your whole life. Right. Well, you know, starting off, um, <clears throat> well, when I first began to, to, to box, I never actually thought about turning, even becoming an amateur, not even that, and then not even definitely not becoming a pro. So it was just like, it was something to do. It was, I was kicking in the neighborhood around 18, 19 years old, you know, kind of just hanging about 18 and just hanging in the street. So it was just somewhere to go, you know. I, I say it was a it was a pretty cool transition. You know, I, at that time we had um, the likes of um, uh, now, uh, which is actually inducted to the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame great, Andre Ward. Um, we had the likes of um, Robert Ghost Guerrero, and uh, we had a lot of we had some no no needle denaro. We had some hitters coming up around yeah, that time. Yeah, so North, North that, transition, that transition was um was a uh, actually like a fun. It was actually a fun transition. It was actually a fun transition because you know we had a bunch of hitters in the Bay Area, it was like Northern Cali, representing. You know what I mean? And um, you know, go back to your question. First of all, you know, receiving winning is always a good thing. And winning a trophy was actually good. But when you win a check, oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, that changed my whole mentality, bro. You know, and I thought I was training hard when I was training for a trophy. But when I first was offered a little bag, man, I started really training. I started really grinding, you know what I mean? And I knew that. And it just, I felt like my time was, was certainly valuable, you know, now. It's like my time was valuable because other than that, I was squandering time. That's one thing I did squander was time, you know. But, um the transition was definitely a great transition. It was during the time that Andre Ward had just won, you know, the Olympics and he just was putting on for the Bay. And, you know, it just was a good look for over, overall the Bay. And then I was able to fall, fight on his, um, on his, uh, when he, his first uh, home homecoming fight. And I had my pro debut then. So, man, that was just huge for me, man. Overall, it just gave me a lot of, um, uh, notoriety man it gave me a lot of um clout you know in the city and it's just 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 it was a good look overall you know it was a perfect time for you know i know cow boxing was so bad at that point man like you y'all were putting in work right. man i remember you in the um you got to be in the uh san quinn video from that san quinn your family's like staples in the city everyone knows your family man so you got to continue that legacy so that's awesome man Let's Thank talk you. about um, after you started racking up, because you, you went on one streak. I think you went like 18 and 0, the first 18 fights you did. Yeah. yeah. And yep. Let's talk about that one streak. You started getting those bigger checks. You were on ESPN. You, you fought Stevie Forbes. I remember that. You fought, uh, you fought Stevie Forbes. I think you put him down. I think you put him down. I'm not sure. I know yep. you beat him. Yep, you put him down. Let's talk about when we started getting that first, that, that, that bag, you know, getting the real bag. Let's talk about how that impact you and let's talk about maybe some of the things you shouldn't have purchased that you did purchase if there are any right so yeah so yeah i did actually did uh i did i stopped i, I stopped uh stevie forbes in the last round keeping in mind he ain't never been stopped de la jolla birdo a host of champions never never beat him stopped him never knocked him out i got rid of him but <laughs> never, uh, <laughs> you know that was actually one of my first big bags because it was uh, it was on ESPN, mm -hmm. and um, you know I think I, if I'm not mistaken I got like I got like 50 bands for that one, 
And then um, when I got, I had got 50 bands, man, to be honest, you know, and I'm just talking about all this squandering stuff, man, I lived it up. I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 you're from the Jacks, man. You deserve to live up a little bit, right. man. Man, exactly, bro. And I'm gonna keep it real, man. I lived it up. I, man, I was spending. I was, you know. And then at that time, you know, I was just like, well, damn, I'm beating like, you know, world former world champions. I only got 18 fights. I'm like, sky's the limit. You know what I mean? This money finna just keep rolling in. You know what I mean? Fuck it. 50 bands that ain't nothing. You feel me? That's my that's my lunch money. So you know, I squandered a little bit of money. You know what I mean? And to be honest, you know, I squandered a lot of money. You know, cause I don't even know where any of that 50 went. I, I bet I'm a, a, a generous person. I'm sure my family members and my, my loved ones touch some of that bread. Like, you know, I don't just give money away, but on your birthday, I look out for you. You know what I mean? I'm one of them type dudes. So I, I've certainly, I certainly looked out for my people. But what I can say, though, is uh, shortly after that, um, I had a fight and I had got, um, I'm trying to think who to fight, but I had got 100 bands for that one. Mm. And um, I had got 100 bands for that one. And um, man, you know, my mom had asked me like, oh, what happened to that other money? You know, whoop, whoop. You know, and she was just like, this is like literally right before I had this fight. And she was just like, I'm like, you know, I threw a few things out, bills. And she's like, okay, she she calculated. She's like, okay, then where's the other 40? I'm like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, mom. So anyways, that, you know, that just, that gave me something to dwell on. And um, I made some good purchases after that. I actually purchased my um, my beauty salon called Essential Beauty Lounge. So I opened that. That's been open for the last seven years. And um, yeah, and I actually um, actually uh, purchased a, um, well, I went in, co-owned a uh, boxing gym up in Humboldt County called Humboldt Boxing. And um, I actually, within that time, I've, uh, I started an app company. I have two apps out and uh, let's see, what other things? I'm sure a couple other things that have come to mind that I got going on, but yeah, I definitely, uh, the next time around, I was uh, more, 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 more frugal with my money. I know, no, it, it, that's kind of what your mom did, and thank God for your mom like being there for you and just putting pointing in the right direction. Your mom, mom still got you in check. It like it don't matter how old you are, for her to kind of put snap you back to reality. Automatic. Then, then you began to invest, man. Invest in your community, invest in business, and put that money to work for you. You know, I feel so many times, probably the reason why you spent that fifty bands uh, and don't know where it went is. Because, you know, as young people, as people in general, if you don't purpose your money, it's going to purpose it's just, it's, uh, it don't matter if it's 10000 5000 50000 If you don't tell that money where to go, it's going to tell itself where to go. And right. you, you and your mom talk to you and realize, you know what, let me put this money to work for me. Right. That was huge, man. So I'm glad you made that decision. I'm glad your mom dropped that knowledge on you. Yes. Indeed. And you, and you were humble enough to, to listen, you know, it's so often, you know, people start making money and they realize, man, why didn't they listen to you for? I've already made money. It's, it's never going to stop, but you were humble enough to listen. So man, thank God for that. Yeah, indeed. indeed. So, so you got to share with us what it was like, man, the time you won that title. What was, how'd that feel, man? That was in what, Puerto Rico? Was that in Puerto Rico or? Uh, it was actually in Mississippi at the okay. casino. Yep. Okay. In Mississippi. Yep. And uh, man, that was, Man, that was a, a truly a great feeling, man, that to win that title and just, you know, uh, starting off, people told me that I, what, what I wouldn't do as an amateur. And, you know, with just maybe 10 fights, I was able to make it all the way to the, I didn't make it to the Olympics, but I made it, I got the bronze medal in the Olympic trials, which is just like a step from one, one fight from being on the Olympic team. 
And keep in mind, I only had maybe about 15 fights by then because I fought in tournaments. So, you know, people were telling me I wouldn't make it that far. So I'm like, damn, if I did this, let me see what I could do. So, you know, fast forward several years later, man, to win a title, man, it was so exhilarating. And, um, and you know, people say, man, from, from – because uh, I'm from the hood. I'm from Filmo, right? They say from Filmo to HBO getting low, right? <laughs> hey, because the get low, if y'all don't know – that's the that's a that's a game. That's excuse me. That's a that's a dance that was um that was made up by one of uh one of our one of our Conridians from uh, Filmo, and I don't know in particular who made the dance up, but it's a it's a legendary dance, and I did it after I knocked the cat out. So man, from Filmo to HBO to getting low, man, was a good look, and you know um and my my city just embraced me so much, man. It was it was just such a good thing, you know. And I think they I know that they embraced me not just because of me winning the title. That was partially one reason, but for also being the guy, the stand up guy, as I mentioned earlier, that I am with the youngsters in the community, with the OGs in the community, with the young ladies. I'm just you know stand up looking out for my my peoples, you know. So that just that really helped to um, just capture the the love of. Of, of people in the Bay Area that that may have not even dealt with a with a boxer overall, or just you know that would have been rooting for me, but not sp- specifically, or 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 not uh, just overall uh, have love for me, you know. But now it's like it's love, it's all Bay love, man. Yeah, now you've always been able to remain humble, man, and never forget where you came from. You know, I know you can still walk the film all today, being you know, no matter no matter where you where you've been since then. You can walk through there and everyone's gonna shake your hand, everyone's show love, because you always kept it real. Even when I began this career and I reached out to you, you know, you still embraced me like a brother, like like nothing changed, man. So I really respect that about you, man. I appreciate you you, you staying mm-hmm. humble. Staying man. humble, man. So man, you've done really well for yourself, you know. You've 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 won a world title, you've opened several businesses, you've managed to make good decisions financially, which is which is a a huge feat for anybody. And throughout your boxing career, you still made a bunch of wise financial decisions, you know? And we, and we hear so often about young, young, young African-Americans in particular, young minorities coming from the projects or coming from rough neighborhoods or, uh, or a, um, in poverty, a poverty background and making it big in these pro careers, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whether it's boxing, right. and, get, and getting the bag and making these checks and no matter how much money they make, they they still match to spend it all and they end up right back where they started. So right. what are some things that you did to prevent that happening from you? And what do you think it is that caused that? Yeah, well, uh, I think one of the things that prevented me from, you know, doing, for one, I had a couple of children, for one, you know? <laughs> and just thinking of them and just thinking of generational wealth and thinking of, uh, you know, the things that I had to do and knowing what I had to do for them I, I I just you know made sure that I wasn't um, just spending money uh, you know just crazily you know what I mean because I mean at the end of the day I look at people that um, you know I think about the quarantine right I think about quarantine I think about COVID and I look at you know how many people that you when you ask the question like how many people was out there you know I actually did some research the other day and I was saying how many businesses had had closed down. And it was like, uh, that went bankrupt. And I it named it list almost 121 of them recently. And like 75% of them were clothing lines, you know, like 70% were like clothing lines. 
So what's that to say is that people weren't out buying clothes, right? Squandering money on just these designer stuff. So, you know, that, that showed me that, you know, people, you know, it's really that they're, you know, people say, well, I'll get dressed for myself. You know, I look good for myself, which is partially true. <laughs> but a lot of times you're getting dressed for other people to see, you know what I mean? And, you know, with seeing these companies close down, that showed me that, you know, COVID people, you know, when the, when the real deal, when all hell breaks loose, all that shit don't matter. All the clothing and trying to look good for other people and do this for other people, it don't matter. But I've already had that mentality already. You know what I mean? Like me looking good for somebody else, I'm not going to go spend a thousand bucks on a pair of shoes that I'm probably going to go wear a couple of times. You know what I mean? Once I post them on the gram, I don't really want to post them no more. You feel me? Same thing with my outfits. Once I post them on the gram, I got an expensive outfit. You feel me? So it's just like, you know, I'd say, if anything, it's to invest wisely. How do you invest wisely? Speak to people like people like yourself, you know, for one, that, that has, uh, that has um, experience in, in, this, uh, in this field, in this space, you know, because again, we, when we get money, we like to, all our family have investments, all of them. Hey, I want you to invest in this. I want you to invest in that. Hey, always invest in your people for sure, but do it wisely, right? Don't, I mean, unless they come at you with some type of business plan and the business plan is all the way official from A to Z, that still don't make it that's going to make that it's going to be a successful business. But at least you got that. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, people may ask, oh, well, you know, should you do business with family? And I, I do feel that you should in some capacity. But again, they got to have all their stuff together. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, you know, it's it's. It's uh, it's good to it's, it's a good thing. Everyone wants nice things, but I mean, unless you're making the right decisions before you buy those nice things, it's just um, it's just folly. It's, it's just wandering. Yeah, no. So that was a great answer, man. I heard three things. I'm gonna kind of summarize it back to you. Let me know if I heard it correctly. You know, first of all was, you know, you had children. You 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 had your value straights. You found something that meant more to you than fashion. Right. And like, was it, I'm providing for them a better future for them. You mentioned generational wealth. Like, I want to bless my namesake. You know, it's not about me. It's about the generations to come. So that kind of helped you align your spending with your values and what, with what's important to you. Right. Secondly, you said, you know, you, you realize, though, know, fashion is not forever. Like, during this pandemic, you realize before the pandemic, you know, looking good is not forever. So there's no point of looking right. good. Like, I'm not, I'm not, it's nice to look good at times. But you know, you know, um, it, I have bigger things. I have bigger fish to fry. So I'm not yes. gonna, gonna spend a thousand dollars in shoes. I'm gonna wear it once and put them on Instagram. Correct. Then, then lastly, you said do your due diligence is what is the way I'm like. Do your due diligence. Do your research on your investments. For first of all, speak seek out professionals like myself. You know, seek out professionals who can guide you. Don't be too don't be too prideful to seek guidance from the guys who do this for a living. And right. then, when, then, then when investing in businesses and helping out the community and where you can put your money to grow it, do your research. Make sure that the business has an actual business plan. There's there's some proof there's some proof behind the the uh, the, the the flashing lights. You know, what I mean, do your do your research. Make sure they come to the table with some real data. Right. And then then make a financial decision. Don't go out there because something sounds good. Or yeah, because, right. love. Exactly, or because someone's family. It's still money that you worked for. So I think that's kind of what helped you from going down the path of so many other athletes we see. Did that sum that up right? Indeed. Great summary, man. Good, good job about that. Yes. Mm -hmm.
Okay, so man, let's talk about your post-fight career. You mentioned a little bit about what you're doing. You haven't mentioned the, the big one, which I'm waiting for. So let's talk about what you're doing now. Uh, no longer, now, that, now that you're in the pandemic, no more fights going on right now. Let's talk about what you got going now. Well, hey, you know what? Hey, my, my apologies. You asked me to, uh, you know, uh, uh, actually list a few things that I'm doing, and I left that one out, man. And this this is something I've been waiting for for three years, and I literally just got the permit for it. So I'm actually a, uh, a CEO of a dispensary club called Authentic 415. It's uh, 165 Mississippi Street, just about a mile from the Chase Center. So, you know, I've been actually... Uh, working on permits and everything else that comes with that, with uh, the cannabis uh, in the cannabis space for the last three years. And I actually just received my official uh, cannabis permit this last Friday. Hey, congratulations, man. Congrats. Hey, that's exciting. And it's 415 right there in your city, man, right there in the heart of the city, man. I'm so happy to see that, man. You know how happy that makes me know it's so often that, Black people, we miss the boat on things, you know. We miss right. the boat and things take off. We miss that initial investment opportunity and then things take off and we're sitting on the sidelines and say, man, I wish I would have got in yes. when I had the chance. And of course, there's always guidelines set up to keep us out. In, right, in cases. right. But, but you were able to get ahead of the game on this one and, you know, you, you got the license, you did the right way, like you said, you've been jumping through the hoops, they made you jump through to make it happen. And now you've officially secured the bag, my man. And you're in the city. I can't think of a better place to be than being in the city, being in the cannabis space, man. So talking about what that journey's been like, how you knew that was a place to move, what kind of drove you to start pursuing this one? Because, you know, it would have been easy to say, you know, I won a world title. I've already made a lot of money. I'm cool. But you decide, no, let me keep hustling. I'm still young. Let me keep it growing for the generation. Let's talk about that. Well, you know, I had gotten into, uh, involved in the cannabis space because uh, they actually had started a program and uh, it actually originated um, in uh, Oakland, California, but um, then it um, trickled off to a few other, a few cities close, like, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Alameda County, no, that's all, that's Oakland. San Francisco had picked it up, Los Angeles picked it up also, and it's called the Equity Program. And as you mentioned, you know, um, we we get things like that, that, like equity programs, but there still are barriers that can hold people back from actually even making those first steps. For one, you actually had uh, to be to to be a qualified uh, candidate. You had to uh, grow grew up in a um, in a um, low income area uh, for at least five years. You've had to have a um, a felony or a misdemeanor charge on your record for marijuana, yes, to qualify. And um, another qualification uh, you had to meet up was, um, oh, you couldn't have had made a certain amount of money uh, during a certain time, right? So, I mean, to be honest, it's like, okay, okay, how am I supposed to not have made this X amount of dollars, but then I'm supposed to be able to afford all these permits, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> you mentioned the barriers is kind of, you know, it's it's, they're, they're still there, and it's like, you know, but I, fortunately, I was uh, able to, you know, going back to what I was saying, to uh, get into this program, and I uh, um, I met all the, quali- um, <clears throat> the I uh, met up to the criteria that they asked for, and um, and qualified, and I, I teamed up with a, a partnership, excuse me, I, I got a partnership and teamed up with a group called Shrine Group, 
they're a huge um, cannabis uh, company and they own actually several retail stores. And, um, you know, uh, we, we, we talked, negotiated for several months, took some time and um, we worked out a great deal, you know, and, and they've been very, um, they've been great. They've been great partners with helping with everything. And, you know, they pretty much have someone in every department where I'm able just to make a phone call, you know, show them what I need, show them what I'm looking for, and they're able to get to search it out or actually have something already, you know, um, ready for me, you know? And uh, as I mentioned, getting into this to this space, a friend of mine actually mentioned the program to me. His name is Joseph Hunt. Shouts out to Joey Hunt. And, um, you know, he mentioned, oh, this is kind of this program that they're doing for people that grew up in the, in the area, which you grew up in the Fillmore, um, that was affected. You know, it basically, it, it was for... Um, people that was affected on the war on drugs, the failed war on drugs, should I say. And um, as I mentioned, you know, I qualified. So uh, from there, fast forward three years back, you know, I had to, um, a lot of paperwork to get, a lot of paperwork and a lot of, um, gosh, you have to be, I mean, cannabis and med just med recreational, med medically, it's all about compliance, you know. And 99% uh, compliance is not compliant at all. So, which means, guys, it's so tedious, so much tedious work, you know, and I'm not saying that to um, deter anyone, but just believe that the work is tedious and, um, you know, expect to expect some long nights and, you know, early mornings to get in this space. Yeah, no, nah, and trust me, being in my industry, I know compliance like you know compliance. And if you're not 100% on there, then it's not happening. Same, yes, same every week with this podcast. I got to submit it to my compliance department. They got to make their edits because it's, it's it's really to protect you, but it's hard. You know, it's a grind to get through to right. make sure it happens. But, you know, you persevered and you kept doing it, man. I know you started that journey years back, man, but you made it happen, man. I'm so glad to see you in the space. I'm so glad to see you continue just to strive and for success and keep making just making these achievements, still still be there with your city, support your city, support your family, man. And just, just to stay focused on success, man, just to stay positive, still got a smile on your face, man. And um, and just, just to be able to stay certain, man. Right. So speaking of certainty, you know, it's, it can be tough to stay certain at times, especially times like these where we're in the midst of a pandemic. A lot of people are losing their jobs, you know, um, right. A few years, a few months back, all the stuff that's going on against our community with the police, you know, I know that impacted you kind of firsthand, or definitely firsthand. So throughout this whole year, 2020, and other times like this, for our listeners, what have you done to maintain your sense of certainty in what looks to be uncertain times? Um, what I've done to maintain my sincerity, as you mentioned, you know, during these times and um, of uh, uncertainty, you know, um, yeah, man, I'm, I, do, I do know you know this. That my brother was first of all he was murdered uh, last year uh, by Bart police, and uh, he was unarmed. And you know, um, as you mentioned, uncertainty. You know, it's it's a lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty still. You know, for one, um, when 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 whenever I'm dealing with police, you know, I'm kind of jumping from one thing to another. But that just made me think of my little brother. You know what I mean? But speaking of uncertainty. That's that that has um 
that that keeps a lot of uncertainty in my in my mind and my heart anytime I'm pulled over anytime the police approach or just anytime I'm dealing with the police you know but um so what's what's really has helped me is me actually giving back and giving forward and paying forward uh, to my community, you know, and, you know, I know I'm in a better position than a lot of other people may be, you know, and um, I just count my blessings and try to help in any capacity that I can help others. And that helps me feel good. You know, that helps me to knowing that I did something for somebody and somebody else may do something else for somebody or helping them to get, you know, on, um, on a better path or just even giving them some advice that that's helped me a lot, you know, just because, um, Again, that makes me think of Muhammad Ali. He says, our rent on the earth uh, is a service to the people. That's to be your rent paid to the earth is service to the people. And and I, I definitely live by that. And, you know, my passion is actually uh, me working with the youth in my youth program called Soul Champ. And it's uh, that's S-O-U-L, Soul Champ. Right, be a champion of your own soul, right? Meaning guru you, right? Meaning master me, right? So whenever you master yourself, then everything else follows after that. And you know, just hooking up with them every Thursday and you know, doing drills with them. And then after we work out and then eating, and then we meditate after that, we do some breathing exercises. I pull out the conga drum. We're going back to the indigenous ways and, you know, listening to the drum and just breathing. And then, you know, we have a little conversation after and just talk about whatever. And we may, sometimes we may do, um, I may put out a few scenarios and just give them some uh, ideal, excuse me, give them some, some real life situations or just this life skills, you know? And that has helped me to maintain my sanity, you know, it's helped me to help them maintain their mental health, you know? So uh, anytime you're you're not stuck, you know, just doing the same thing day in, day out, nine to five, same schedule, you know, that can actually bring in some type of, um, some, some, uh, some mental sickness, you know? So that the things that I do with with people has helped me to maintain and help me just uh, stay sharp and healthy that way. Yeah, nah, man, that that was an awesome answer. First of all, man, I'm so sorry for your loss of your brother, man. And I know the same fear you're talking about. And I'm not saying all police are bad, but I know that feeling of being pulled over because for the listeners who are not of color, who don't know what it's like, they don't know what it's like to know that to get pulled over and say, you know, there's a chance I get killed right now. Like for doing nothing, they, they they can't relate to that, man. So I appreciate you sharing that, and just to help people hear what it's like from our shoes. We're we're, we're law-abiding citizens, but we still know that that's in the back of our mind that this might happen every time we get pulled over. So right, hey, let me hey, let me chime in with that. You know, because and it's funny because I did a poll and um I had did a poll and I and it was like some cops they were parked. And I just, I did an Instagram, even though I shouldn't have been on my phone while I was driving, but I'm like, let me see if, because naturally I get anxiety when I see them in some capacity, you know what I mean? So when I roll past, I did a poll and I asked Instagram, I'm like, do y'all get nervous or do you feel safe when, when you pass the police or they pass you? Only like one white person said they get nervous too, and I know why. He had she a trap guy, <laughs> but <laughs> all the black pe- all the black people. It was like almost probably about seventy five people that said that they get nervous, and it was all black and Latin people. 
and and these are like, I mean, of course, some give it a few of them probably wasn't doing something. They probably doing some illegal stuff where they should be nervous. But a lot of the people that actually said they get nervous were like really stand up people, like really, you know, professional people. And it's sad that they actually still get, you know, that they they're afraid and they're legit. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, so again, uh, I just want to chime in on that because as you, you know, I heard you say to your listeners, they don't understand and they don't. It's because you know, because they like what? I feel safe. What do you mean? No, I feel scared. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? No, nah, I know yeah. exactly. I, I know the feeling. I'm a professional. You know, I, I know the exact same feeling. Like, man, here we go. And like for me, I, I never been scared to die. I know we're kind of getting off topic. I've never been scared to die, but when I get put over with my daughter in the car or with my son in the car, and I think my daughter might right. seem to get my head blown off. To me, that that's that's what scares me. How it's gonna impact her. But right. I, we, we digress, it's kind of hot back up. Uh, secondly, you said in order to say certain in times like these is is just to go out there and serve, man. You got a huge heart to serve, man, and give back to the community. How about these young men that are like you in the past, man, who need some guidance, who need some help? And that's how you feel. feel. That's how you feel certain in these uncertain times. That's what kind of takes you away from the all the nonsense that's going around in the world right now and helps you. Let's focus right. on these kids. Let's focus on giving back. Let's focus on helping out, just helping out somebody in need. So that's right. awesome, man. That's You got a huge heart, man. I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you sharing that. We're coming up to the end now. This is the last question of the podcast. This podcast is, a, is all about financial success. It's all to help millennials continue to, on the path towards millennial, um, excuse me, towards financial success. So uh, in a few words, let's talk about what financial success means to you. I don't mean for a dollar amount, like a billion dollars. I more so mean what that quality of life looks like to you. What is the what is a financially successful life look like to you, Kareem Mayfield? Uh, well, well, I'd say I'd say you know that it's certainly like I say the quality of life for one. You know because you can have a billion dollars and not be happy. You know, and um, you can have all the materialistic things that you want and not be happy. You know, it, it's just. You know what's a what's a, a huge home with nobody in the fill it. You know with love in the house. You know, so financial success to me is not only being financially stable, but being mentally stable, being you know um, spiritually stable. You know, and some people don't have spirituality, but at least be mentally stable. You know, and be and I feel that a way that you can you know a way of feeling financial okay going back to financial success is uh it's definitely not just about you know having all the best things right but having a great job that's financial success having a job that you love that's financial success i mean because you might be financially successful you know so to speak from um but you hate your job you hate it that's not successful to me at all you know success is you know you may not be actually making that, that bag that you want to, but you actually, you're cool. You know what I mean? You're, you're doing enough. You maybe want a little bit more, but that's okay. That That's okay with that. As long as you're fine with that and you're, you know, you're, you, um, you may always inspire to do more, but financial success is for sure. Certainly is be successful in your own heart and mind and whatever that may be in, you know, from, um, you know, being a good, a good father to your children, being a good, you know, husband to your wife. But overall, being financially successful to myself is, first of all, uh, having it inside 
and exuding out. You're like, okay, well, if you're broke, how can you have an excited? You can be, you can be, you can be actually, I don't want to say broke because nobody, mm. with, with, with what's inside, what's inside, it won't allow you to be broke. You know what I mean? But so I don't want to say broke because broke is broke. But, you know, and at least it'll give you some type of, um, you know, you'll have an understanding of what, what you know, um, what life is basically from, um, from different standpoints, you know. I mean, when you look at people, especially nowadays, it's so many different people that's going homeless now at a young age, right? So my motto is, man, go hard or go homeless. It used to be hard to go home, but it's go hard or go yeah. homeless, you know? So I'm saying that to say is that, you know, um, you know, it's all, it's not just these alcoholics or, or dolphins that's outside. It's people that was actually that had great tech jobs, you know? If you look go to San Francisco, you actually can go meet some some techies down downtown in those tents, bro. You know what I mean? You can go meet some some um, formerly successful people, you know. But again, it wasn't just the finances is why they went broke, you know. It wasn't because it was some other moves that they didn't make in there. So first of all, be successful in yourself, you know, um, as in spiritual success is what I meant. And I was going back to is be don't go don't go spiritually bankrupt, you know. Be spiritually successful and whatever that means. And if, if you may say I'm not a spiritual person, well, go do something good for somebody. Be successful doing something well for somebody, helping them out. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, that, that's that's my that's my uh, definition, I'd say. No, hey, that was a great definition. Just to kind of sum it up for the listeners, you know, being spiritually and mentally uh, successful, complete and whole. You know, yes. like that you mentioned financial success it's not tied to a dollar amount. You just like, I, I know techies, just like you know techies, like you said, who are homeless. So it wasn't about finance that took them from their success. It was the mental wholeness that wasn't there. Right. It was, right. this, it really comes down to me and you is that spirit. That spiritual house is not in order. The whole household, the yes. outside is going to be out of order. Yes. Having that wholeness and completeness, that foundation set in stone, you know, to keep you sturdy throughout these whole times, that's success to you. And that is. Yes. And you know, segueing off what you're saying, you know, it's just good summary too, by the way. Thanks. You know, and you can be when 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 you're spiritually whole, when you're spiritually successful or mentally, you know, you make certain you make of course you still can make wrong decisions, but you make a lot of the right decisions. Things that you're not just thinking on the dollar. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. You're not just thinking on a dollar. You're not just thinking about a dollar amount, you know? So that's that's very important, you know. And um, I actually have um something. Uh, so uh, Soul Champ, right? The Soul Champ. I actually have a little poem that I had written for, uh, you know, for this uh, the Soul Champ overall vibe. Here we go. You ready to listen? Let's rock it. Let's hear it. Here we go. Every day you wake up can be a fight, and when you look in the mirror, the toughest opponent. It's staring right at you. This fight of life represents knockdowns and letdowns. And the only thing that you own on this earth is your soul. So if you get knocked down, get up and own your soul. Soul salvation. Soul champion. Do all you can do. Win. Let's go. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 round of applause, man. You you got that for your mom for sure, man. You got that artistic vibe from your mom. That's awesome, man. 
Yeah, man. Hey, you know, you've been a great guest. Before we before we close out, you know, you said one more thing that I didn't get a chance to touch on is that, you know, financial success is not, it, you said financial success is having a job that you love, which is huge. You know, it's like, it's not about making the million dollars or the six figures each year. It's having a job that you're happy to go to and you enjoy working there. You enjoy being there. That's huge, man. That's a, That's huge for anybody, you know. I'm going to leave some some uh, contact information for you in the show notes. So if you want to reach out and check out your clothing line, just want to hear more about what you're doing, I'll leave your contact info in there so I can reach out to you. You've been an awesome guest, Kareem. Uh, I'm so glad you tuned out until uh, you came on. You allowed me to interview you, and I'm so glad that you just kept me part of your life, man, after making it to the big, the big lights and big money, man. So you, you have a blessed one. I said thanks for having me, man. I said um... – after this, um, you know, after this dispensary opens, man, I'm definitely be looking for some financial advice from yourself. You know, I'll be there, man. And, you know, I'll be at the grand opening. You have a blessed one. Congratulations, guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company, Financial Services, Inc. BFCFS member FINRA-SIPC. Holmes Financial is independent of BFCFS. Thanks and have a blessed week.